Ray Fisher's a bully. Whoa. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know that. Superheroes uh -uh. aren't supposed to be bullies. No, they're not supposed to. Have you seen what's what this shit that's going on? <laughs> you sent me a thing about I, this. I did. I did. Yes, I have seen it. Um, he is, I, I guess, <clears throat> so it's a little, I'm not sure how to take it, I guess. <laughs> so he's saying, right, that uh, Joss Whedon Basically, on the set of Justice League, when he took over, yeah, um, he he created like a hostile and abusive environment, yeah. right? Which I don't think anybody disagrees that that is uh, real possible. Yeah, no one else has said that. Mm -hmm. Just Ray Fisher, right? But I don't think anybody is trying to you know say that that wasn't a thing or like discredit we, him in any way. Yeah, or people's what have you. vision. Uh, well, it's not really a vision. I think people have just realize that Joss Whedon is, you know, a human being uh, now. He's um, not a god. Are you sure? Yeah. He's not, he's not a geek god. Right. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, he's he's uh, not perfect. This, this all sounds like, you know, like I'm apologizing for him. I'm not. I'm just saying, you know. Look at uh, look at Henry Cavill. Did I? I don't have Whoa. this ready, and I'm not going to go searching for it. But like, there was a there was a post that was making the rounds um, a couple years ago where Henry Cavill had taken uh, his dog scuba diving. Okay, it's cute, right? What a um, what a I don't know. Is Instagram, it cute? What an Instagram win. Yeah, and then yeah. You, you see the post, and it's him and his dog, and uh -huh. his like blank you know smile. Yep. and the dog. Maybe looking scared. I don't know. I'm just adding that. <laughs> and he describes the day, and it would be real easy to like, oh, he didn't want to go in the water, but then he did go in the water, you know. But then it was like, wow, you got to come back, and he came back, and and it just seems like this. Everything about this should be fine to possibly uh, social media gold, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but instead, yeah. it just. I wish I had the wording, but the whole thing is written like an AI is trying to write a fun. Oh, <laughs> the Instagram okay, post okay. about a guy swimming with his dog. And wow. he's just like, he's just a weirdo. He's a robot. Not he, to he, mention. He's a robot posing as a human. He's got yeah. a taste for the younger kind. Yeah, which is not great. And so we know that. And you know, DC fans, I, I understand, they have to be diehards. They don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So they've accepted that. Mm -hmm. Even though very easily you could just transfer your weird love of him to your Witcher fandom. Well, Which and I think people have done that as well. And but but he's not going anywhere. No, <laughs> he's going to be no, the no, Nick no, Fury no, no. of the DC movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so we know that, like, we can understand. Ben Affleck had problems. Gal Gadot problematic views on Israel. Yeah, uh, right, you right. Know, we got all these things. We yes. accept all that. So I can accept that Joss Whedon might have been a jerk in a high p uh, pressure. Again, sounds like I'm apologizing for him. Apparently, I want to apologize for him. <laughs> in a high pressure thing where he has to reshoot an entire movie, you know, to meet right. a release date. Right. But Ray Fisher is the only person to have gone after Joss Whedon. And when I say go after, I mean some suspiciously timed tweets about his uh, Joss Whedon's behavior on set by Mr. Ray Fisher uh, days after the announcement of yeah, the I know what you're Justice League Snyder Cut being released mm -hmm. on HBO. Mm -hmm. Then at Comic-Con or virtual Comic-Con yeah, recently Comic -Con on a virtual yeah. panel, yeah. he doubled and tripled down on it. Now, how you could talk about your career. You could talk mm -hmm. about what's coming up. You could mm -hmm. talk about how excited you are. To, for people to see the cyborg stuff that was clearly cut out of the film. I can understand your resentment, but it is like transparent at this point that you resent him because you were cut out of the film and because Zack Snyder made you who you are. Here's his six credit list 
Whoa. of credits Whoa. on IMDb. Okay. A short, which is not a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, a one-episode appearance on the Astronaut Wives Club, a canceled series. Okay. Batman versus Superman. Yep. Just in one scene. Right. Justice League. And then, you know, he did get a, he had a role on True Detective. Okay, sure. And then Zack Snyder's Justice League 2021. Right. Nothing upcoming. Nothing. Yeah. So you are very loyal to Zack Snyder because he gave you a career. Mm-hmm. You got that regular role on True Detective because of Zack Snyder. Because of Justice League. And yeah. I haven't watched True Detective. I don't know if it's a big role or not. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, it's pretty clear, like, what, what that is. Right. Well, it, but this is the thing that I think is is weird, right? Like he said in, in the article, like that I read, he 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 talked about how he talked to other people who worked on the movie. He and has been collecting them. information for yes. two years, yes. two and a half years. He says yes. So he can, um, so it so it's he what he said quote to build something that's strong enough so people can't dismiss it. So why are you talking about it now? And he spent those years approaching people know. to see if they would be willing to speak. If it was with, quote, anonymity and confidentiality. Yeah. And he continues. People go, yeah, I would. We're in the process of making sure that people can tell their stories. Yada, 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 yada. It, well, this is, is he putting together a case, Mr. DA? Is he making a documentary like. about the horror of Joss Whedon? He's, and then he's like, come at me, bro. Yeah. Sue me for sue me for libel. Sue me for slander. Once right, he right, right. realized that he was saying this and nothing was written down. That's yeah. the difference between libel and slander. Right, right, right. Why so aggressive, bro? Well, that's what I don't understand. And if you really are building a case, then why say anything until the case is ready to go? If Zack Snyder hadn't cut this huge deal, which we just keep... It's like Henry Cavill. We just keep letting him back in. I know, right? You know, this could have yep. been it. Yeah. This is yep. it. Yeah. Terrible yep. tragedy. Your movie that, yeah, it's mostly yours. Bombs anyway. Mm-hmm. People are going to say it's because it, you know, Joss Whedon took over. That's not true. Nope. These are all your ideas. Yep. And that could have been it. And he could just make 300 sequels forever. Mm-hmm. And that is a good place for him yes. in Hollywood. Yes. We let him back in. Of course, yep. it's not Hollywood. It's not Hollywood. No. It's television. Yeah. If he's, if he's comfortable with that, I'm comfortable with that. But we let him back in and it's just going to rile all the conspiratorial DC fans up again. And mm-hmm. I think that Ray Fisher is like, you know, he's like another Zack Snyder. If he didn't exist... And Zack Snyder, instead of cutting this HBO deal, came back and was like, let me tell you, I've been collecting information for two and a half years on what Joss Whedon did to my movie. He'd be like, oh, that makes sense. But it's not him. No, no. It's Ray Fisher. It's A guy who owes him everything doing it. Yeah. And Ray Fisher could have just said, no, it's okay. I'm going to play, you know, uh, Falcon's brother in a Marvel movie or something like that. Right. But instead, whatever kind of personality he is, he's a person who went, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to try to assassinate this fallen geek god. Let's face it, hasn't done anything in a while. Like, he's not, I'm sure he's like punching up scripts and making money still. I'm sure he is. He lost Batgirl. He lost his reputation. He lost everything. Like, there's not going to be a Firefly reboot now. Right. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, it's, I, I just don't understand. And it just makes you look bad, you know? It's not a good look. And and he even says like I don't care if this hurts my career. Or what blah, career? Blah, blah, blah. What I, are you I, even I, talking about? I know, right? <laughs> but it's like, but like you said, like you're you're on this fan panel at a, at a virtual con, right? Shouldn't you be talking about um, the material? Well, I'm sure. Look, or, I, I didn't I'm watch sure the they, panel. I'm sure they, they talked about other things too. About that. Yeah. But but why are you? 
I mean, I think but somebody brought, it, asked him about whatever Joss he Whedon, said. It wasn't so. interesting enough to eclipse all the quotes about how he's going to get Joss Whedon. I just, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's a little much, and I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it would be stronger if he even. He hasn't even really said what happened. You know, it's not like this is how he treated me. This is things that he said to me. He he he's just he hasn't said anything specific. Yeah. So I don't understand. Yeah, give know, us a tease. Well, something I don't know. Um, or or maybe come and out and say this if you. I, I don't know. Maybe this would seem stronger if and not like a personal vendetta if somebody else who is personal in the movie. Personal vendetta. That's that's what I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, this seems very personal, right? Yeah. Like, um, if somebody else who worked on the film, like, uh, behind the scenes or, or another actor was all like, I, too, felt abused by Joss Whedon or something. I don't know. I just, it just, it it seems like he is, like, all in, I'm going to drag you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I understand he did not have a great experience, and that sucks, and nobody should be abused, period, but... I just don't know if I agree with the way that he's going about approaching this. Base is covered. Yeah. Base is covered. Do you, you see, um, oh, I don't want to give him a plug. Whatever. Um, what? I, we were watching the the <clears throat> Caravan of Garbage video about um, Transformers 2. Yes. And I think the third one is probably out now. Oh, the third Caravan of for Garbage. The, for the third Transformers movie. Yeah. Uh, which is the one you want to see because it's they're going to talk about what happened between Michael Bay and uh, and Megan Fox, but which I don't honestly I don't know that much about. I think I've only seen the first two. Transformers. She called him Hitler. Oh, okay, that's and, bad. Uh, that's Disney, bad. who bankrolls these things, right? Uh huh. Or is Universal? I thought Disney had a piece of them. Anyway, they're like, well, we don't need that, so they got rid of her. Um, but what she was referring to is what we saw just a slice of yeah, in that yeah, montage right. of Michael Bay abusing everybody on that set. Yeah, he, he clearly was. <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf's not like, I've been compiling information as part of an, uh, an extended living art project over the last two and a half years <laughs> to, to finally nail him to the wall. Well, and I think it's that like, this is... What's Ray Fisher's plan? Comic-Con 2021. He's going to start singing In the Air tonight and then a spotlight's going to pick out Joss Whedon in the front row? What, right. <laughs> what's the plan? I have no idea. And I think <laughs> it's you... so and it's so it what a success story. This I stupid know. movie. I know. Which you know represents the uh combined hopes of a lot of fans, definitely the combined money of a lot of uh studios and and, and being paid to actors and screenwriters and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then this horrible thing happens to Zack Snyder and his family and he has to he has to hand off the torch at the last moment to somebody else. And, you know, it doesn't work out. And we, I mean, I'm being nice and I'm, I'm being accommodating right now. I think that, that that's all would have been Zack Snyder's fault. But the people who like his movies, are it's for them. They yeah. probably would have right. crapped their pants. So now you've got this chance, which we all laughed at. Nobody thought it was true. And there's a million videos. Thank God I don't make YouTube videos. There's a million. We do have the podcast on YouTube if you we want do. to listen to them, though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, of people uh, talking about how, uh, oh, yeah, I, um, yeah, you know, I always kind of thought in the back of my mind that this was going to happen. Movie commentators and, and nerd experts and stuff like that. And it's like, you never said any of that. No. Everybody laughed at this guy. The right. Snyder Cut is real. And he made a gigantic deal with HBO. What an incredible story. 
Let's right. talk about that. Hold on. Ray Fisher wants to say something. He's got a gun in his belt. Like, uh, what, what no, is going good on? Good point. Good point. Why are we not? Why are we yeah. thinking about the negative stuff? Well, why are we talking, talking about, about it so positive? much on this dumb show? <laughs> Let's just stop talking know. about it. Who cares? Because, because it's on the forefront of our minds because it's, he just talked about it recently. Anyway, um, you know, more information uh, when they meet in person and Ray Fisher rips his rubber mask off and he's Zack Snyder underneath and they... <laughs> <laughs> and they book them. We'll be the first to report on that. But in the meantime, we are the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Yukon Hana. We bring you all the news that's fit to cast, I guess, yep. in the world of nerdy, nerdy entertainment. And this week we're talking about something that, let's be fair, talking about things we thought would never happen. Right. This yes. thing in particular is something that, wow, nobody thought would ever happen. Mm-hmm. It had been desired for a long time. And it had been talked about for even longer. Yes. You can't talk about it longer than you actually wanted, I guess. So. Uh, Otherwise, you're like, what am I talking about? I'm just talking <laughs> about this movie. I may flip those around. but uh, Yeah. Uh, for at least, yeah. Uh, we're t- here's what we're talking about. We're talking about Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music, the yes. sequel to 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. 30 years. 30 years go by. Mm-hmm. More or less. Um. Long time. 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey comes out. Yeah. It's not, it's different. It's not great. Mm-hmm. It's an acquired taste, like like Justice League. Right. Immediately people say, all right, well, how about another one? Let's mm-hmm. see how we do. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Right. And for years and years and years, there's talk and talk and talk. And, you know, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, the stars, both go on to success in their own fields. And when they're asked, and they were asked, Mm-hmm. For 29 years, they were always asked in interviews about this. Their opinions changed. Yeah, that could be fun. No, I don't want to do that. You know, let's uh-huh. move on. Sure. No, maybe if there was a good script. There is a script. 2010, the rumors start to solidify more. So okay. it's still, if a movie took 10 years to make, that would be a long time. But now add yeah. 20 more years to that. Right. And here we are. It's a really long time. So it's incredible. This movie is coming out. And the pandemic is not going to stop it. It's yes. coming out on September 1st, Bill and Ted 3, no matter what condition the movie industry v- is in. VOD, right? For sure on VOD. Yeah. That is, well, until, you know, the, the next announcement, that is locked. It will be coming out in limited release. Uh, I don't know if that means East Coast, West Coast or what, but in some markets, for sure. In movie theaters? In movie theaters oh. on September 1st, if that is physically possible. But I know that they are, this will come out. You will be able to see it September 1st. They made this. They want you to see it. And they're going to beat up Joss Whedon after it's done. <laughs> and so we're here to talk about that. But yeah. we're here to talk about the film that led into that film. Yes. Bill and Ted 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. We've talked about yes. uh, Excellent Adventure previously on the show. Um, so go back and look for that if you want to hear us talk about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're talking about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Something of a departure for the series. Yes. And we'll be also talking about the news, of course, of the nerd. What's going on with you? Uh, wow. Um, not a whole lot. Um, I saw. Please, uh, stop talking. About <coughs> no, you showed me this really great video of um, this uh, this YouTube personality uh, who um, I'm not sure where he he's from, where he lives exactly, but he he's he's an Asian guy, and somebody sent him this video. Yeah. Of this lady um, making rice, and it was on uh, BBC. It was a cooking. It was a cooking show yeah. from from BBC, 
And oh my God, is it amazing. Like his name is Uncle So-and-so, but like his reactions to it are just perfect. Like I don't know where this lady learned how to cook rice. I don't know who taught her. I'm kind of horrified. Or she just kind of tried to figure it out herself. But it's just, it's like insane. I actually found the whole video and watched that too, which isn't necessarily you don't necessarily need to see the whole thing. It's still like really funny and like ridiculous <laughs> to, to just boil it down. If you will. Um, well. first, first of all, she does not clean the rice, which is a huge no, no. Um, second of all, um, she cooks it in a saucepan, which you can do, but like he's horrified because she puts the water in with like a, like a, a, a teacup. <laughs> he's like, why are you doing that? You know, you, you put it up to your knuckle or whatever. Anyway, so you, so you cover it. And then um, she takes a look at the rice after it's been cooking for a while. And she's like, oh, it's looking really great. And he's like, you're lying to people. It is not looking really great. <laughs> it's like really wet. And he's like, that, that rice is ruined. There's no way to fix it. And then she takes it and she puts it in a colander. <laughs> she strains the rice. Yeah. And then she rinses it. I have never seen anybody do that before in my life. Yeah, he was so upset he put his leg down from the chair. Yeah. <laughs> like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's been so, making the rounds. So who yeah. who knows if that'll uh, you know be enshrined in the pantheon of memes mm-hmm. uh, for this year, which is really all we've got. It it is. Really. Uh, but yeah, that was uh that yeah. was um that was pretty great. Sometimes honestly. you, you get done really hard. boiling rice and some water until it's ready, and then you gotta, you gotta run some water over it. You know, you gotta make sure you gotta you rinse gotta, it. You gotta drain it first and then rinse it. <laughs> uh, <sighs> maybe, well. uh, yeah, I don't know. She, maybe she's gonna give it to fish. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, let's talk about the news. <laughs> Speaking of the film industry, things not great. No. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, they're not great. Uh, once again, the theater side of the industry has been shaken by um, more closures and yeah. more restrictions that are being put in because of the rise in cases of COVID. And uh, the most recent or probably the most high profile um, victim of that has been the highly anticipated tenant, which yes. has was supposed to save the, the uh, movie industry. It, that was the idea. <laughs> and yeah. it had uh, been sort of shuffled around, uh, pushed slightly back. Uh, it's sort of like uh, what, lacrosse when the when the, the thing's coming, the stone is coming, uh-huh. and then you're like, you know, dusting the ice in front of it, you know, to try to get it to, to get a little more lubrication, go, uh, go, uh-huh. but then you got to slow down trying to get it right where it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? I am so confused. I thought lacrosse no, that's was curling. Like, it was gonna. I was gonna say. I was like, lacrosse. Isn't lacrosse? Well, it'd be on easy grass? for you to just shout curling while I was explaining. I wasn't sure. I, I was. I couldn't think of the word. We're a team. Curling. Okay. Yeah. Curling. Yes. You're. You're in preparation for for getting it. It's like yes. bocce ball with six people or whatever. So anyway. Um, <laughs> and eventually, uh, and it was all just a naked effort to just keep this movie somehow on the schedule. Yes. I, I completely sympathize. But it's it's like the Ray Fisher thing. It's like we get what you're doing. Just we do know. it. Just do it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just just kiss me, Judas. Let's get this over with. Yeah. Seriously. And so uh, it was pushed back to August 12th. Uh, now it has been removed completely from the schedule. Uh, they say indefinitely wow. is a scary word, but it's a really scary if word. Tomorrow honestly. somebody fires a gun and says, you know, it's over. Now let's get back to those movies. It would be in theaters. Instantly, and you could do that yeah, now because there is no distribution, right? It's all digital, so that's true. So right. yeah, you don't have to wait for it to be shipped to you anymore. And the chicken, the game of chicken that Tenant has been playing uh, with Warner Brothers with Disney, 
over uh, Mulan and some yes. other releases. Yes. Uh, we've all been just eyeing the other person to see like who's going to dive gonna make into the move. cold water first. Yep. Uh, now Mulan has been pulled from the schedule indefinitely as well. Yes. I mean, what I look, if you can't physically show a movie, you can't do it. Right. You can release it on Disney Plus. Yes. What a great movie for everybody to watch mm-hmm. in 2020. The story well, of a heroic Chinese woman who, yes. who saves her country. Right. Why Why aren't we? I should be watching this right now on Disney Plus, well, right? Well, and, and here's the thing, too, right? Like a, uh, a month or so ago, I don't know how long ago now, um, Disney decided for Disney Plus they're not doing uh, free trials anymore. Yeah. So you automatically, even if somebody just wants to watch Mulan for or just have Disney Plus for a month, you would automatically get $14. Which is, you know, you would charge 20 bucks. Probably if you showed it for a VOD anyway. That's yeah. What, that's what we're going to pay for Bill and Ted when right. Bill and Ted comes out. Right. So, I mean, you're going to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and it's going it's to, your, it's your streaming service. So it's going to go directly to you. Yeah. But I think people remember what, well, people remember what people do, Ray Fisher. People also <laughs> remember what corporations do. And if Disney just took this as a PR stunt and just mm-hmm. did it. It'd be great, right? It would. There is, and they won't release it in China because Chinese theaters are opening. In fact, Chinese theaters, uh, t- Chinese theaters had a great box office weekend with Doolittle and Bloodshot. Whoa! Well, they're six months behind, aren't they? Yeah. And so, yeah, and so those, you know, some interesting. I think most, uh, or at least some of Chinese uh, <laughs> theaters are open. And you know, so is COVID case? Are they lower over there, or are things just open got it, anyways? They they've got they've it got more it under control. control? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's a good sign, numbers. right? Yeah. Maybe well, it's. I, let's not. Come on. How can we? Compare How many times ourselves? do we want to say something's a good sign? Yeah. I and know. we are where we are right now. I know. But anyway, uh, and America so you think, oh, great, well. let's have them check it out. You know, often you release things internationally way earlier than you might domestically, but they're they're not going to do it doesn't make any sense and you should really just use this as a PR move. In my opinion, that yeah. isn't stopping AMC theaters from opening. They will be reopening in August despite Tenet being pulled from the schedule. They're okay. going to go for it. There's no specific information, um, so, I believe, okay. as of press time here. But they will be opening some of their 450 uh, movies uh, theaters. So are they going to show like older films? Like what are they going to show? These are great questions. Yeah. Okay. No but information at this time. They have announced their time. intention okay. to open. Okay. Um, other things have been affected by this. Uh, the Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars film that was supposed to come out was it next year. Maybe. Uh, anyway, um, they're being pushed back. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's 2022. Uh, the the pushback 2023, 2025, and 2027. Okay. And we don't know if this is. Um, includes the Taika Waititi film. We don't know if this is um, Ryan Johnson's uh, right, trilogy no that is uh, reported being worked on. Uh, Avatar has been pushed back. Yeah. Now, yes. I didn't really care. I don't want to sit here and crap on Avatar and cover it in the litter box because everybody else does that too. But, you know, I didn't really care. But now I really don't care because <laughs> pushback from... You know, December of last year, when it was supposed to come out, to December 2022, necessitating the pushback of all the rest of the films, including Avatar 5, which will now be coming out in 2028. Oh, I just, I can't, I can't even. Bill and Ted, take note. 
the sequel, the second or the first sequel to the first movie is coming out 13 years after the release of the first film. Yeah. This is somebody we need. We need an intervention for rich and powerful people. The only problem is they won't listen to anybody. Yeah. But what if they're more rich and powerful? So let's get a superior Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> you know, let's the, the my pillow guy. <laughs> let's, oh my God. let's get all these guys in a room and just go, James, sit down. We're worried about you. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is insanity. Yeah, it is. To release a film and with three films behind it, 13 years after, yes, at that time, the biggest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, memories are short in Hollywood. Yeah. Right. I can't, I can't imagine that this is going to do that well. All the people who no. wanted to be cat people on Pandora have grown up and have children now and have, have real problems. And so, yeah, I, I know it's, a, I don't know. I think maybe if it had come out even like, say like five years after instead of 13, five years, fine, that it would have been fine. Yeah. I know it, it takes a while to make these films, but I, does anybody care anymore? I, I'm just, I'm just asking. I don't know. He's, Are there any huge avatar die fans out there? Die hard fans out there. He's that, the that, master like, of sequels true. But to his own movies. I don't know if that counts or not. So maybe like avatars will be great. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, a Quiet Place and Top Gun Maverick have also been delayed until next year. Okay. So has Spider-Man uh, Far From Home sequel. Still don't know the name. Uh, On My Way okay. Home. Home Away From Home. Home, home Intruder. Uh, uh, home know. Sweet Home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could think of some more probably. So, yeah. Ev- everybody has done... I mean, we're past the half point, halfway point, even though some of us were calling this um, before uh, the start of July. But everybody has just said... Year of Jubilee. Nothing. This right. year never happened. Right. What? And, and you and I were talking uh, off the mic about like, what is what are Oscars going to do for this year? Is are there going to be any Oscars? Maybe just don't do any. I don't know. Or 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 it's it's like all going to go to the old guard or something like that. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> well, I, I, fine with me. <laughs> talking about other movies, um, a Grease prequel is gaining speed at Paramount because why? It's Paramount. But but why? Okay, you haven't seen Grease yet, and I know it's on your, your list. Yeah, but I know for that like, videos. So what is Sandy is gonna be in junior high in Australia or something well, like that? Well let me let me let me ruin something for you. Grease two, completely different characters. No, it's not ruined. It's um uh, Rex Manning and yes. uh, and uh, uh the, What's the, her name? <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> the uh you know her, her womb was polluted. Yeah. Uh, I can't Michelle think Pfeiffer. Yeah, Cat Michelle woman. Pfeiffer. Wow. Why, why I know that. I that. Yeah. Okay. So they're gonna score. Right. The bowling alley. Um so is this gonna be Sandy and crew, or is this gonna be completely different characters? Well, also? you've got you've said you've raised an interesting question, although uh, you know, I think sequels were used to the idea that maybe we're gonna return to a world but feature a new character because sure. That the, character the old has guy, moved on or something. Well, well that actor's moved on. <laughs> but a prequel is pretty much locked into younger versions of... Um, okay. <laughs> right? I guess. But there's no younger to go. They're high school students. Well, and also see the whole plot... She's the new girl, right? Right. So are we going to be... How, <gasps> how is that going to work? What? Grease Zero, Summer Lovin'. Oh, they're going to dramatize 
Danny d- trying see. to date rape a chick. Whoa. And <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> right? Whoa. We'll see how the lightning gets its grease. Oh, my God. I don't know how I feel about it's this. It's a terrible idea. I hate it. I hate it. In all the, Burn um, it with fire. In all the da- Dirty Dancing movies, I don't think they ever did a prequel, did they? It was all Havana Nights. This is the second time in a row we've talked about Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. Well, I have. Well, isn't it? Aren't they talking about redoing Dirty Dancing? Isn't we just talking about Yeah, but that? we don't. Yeah, Jennifer Grace producing and starring. So we, we were trying to figure yes, out if. That's it. it. Yeah, let's not invest in this too much more. Uh, okay. Uh, right. What else is going on in the in the, in the the realm of, of, of movies? Mm. Uh, there is a, this is some Star Trek news. It's okay. We do it once in a while. Yes. Uh, it looks like the Nichelle Nichols documentary, Woman in Motion, is getting a release date. That's exciting. Well, it's got a deal, not a date. Okay. And it's about Nichelle Nichols, um, her rise to fame, portraying Uhura, and also inspiring, you know, real life scientists. Uh, it's produced by that's NASA, neat. and so I'm sure there will be a Whoa, focus. Whoa, that's cool. On that, yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. I think that's really cool, really important. Um, I I hope they. Um, I mean, I think that they. I, wow, that's just. I'm just kind of blown away that NASA is producing. That's really neat. Yeah, um, it looks like an old guard sequel is in development, but here's the problem. Hmm. Speaking of five years, it could be a while before we see it. Really? Because Charlize Theron is Just working because on of how busy she an Atomic is? Blonde sequel. She's working on another movie where she's probably kicking somebody in the face. Like, you know, she's yeah. she's got a niche. She's the female Liam Neeson. And I say, go for it, because your movies yeah. are way better than Liam Neeson's movies. Yeah, right. Uh, so, unfortunately, we might not see that for a while. Uh, it looks like a Hidden Figures stage m- musical is in the works at Disney. And uh, okay. I have to say, as uh, inspirational and good as that movie was, this is the dumbest idea I can think of. <laughs> a movie can make millions, perhaps billions of dollars, uh-huh. and you can't show those. A stage musical is... <laughs> Who's going to watch it? The Great White I, Mask. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. Broadway's closed, right? Yeah. Like, so I don't know how Where are, is this going to play? Do this? Yeah. Let's, let's design something that'll make a tenth of the money of a movie and also can't play. I mean, are they going to like stage it, perform it, and then film it and like. But with not an audience, oh, like a like a ham like Hamilton was filmed, but but this won't have an audience though. So I don't I don't know. That that out fast, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, people talked about that for a couple days. Hamilton when it came out on Disney Plus. Oh my god, people! I, my and I don't hear nobody talking feed about was it blowing anymore. up about it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I let's see. I would like to watch it someday. In fact, the um, in fact. I don't know. Maybe this is the life. Uh, I guess I should know, um, but I never really cared about Broadway musicals all that much. Um, maybe this is the end life. This is the the final. This is the death celebration of a musical when you finally put out a video version, a version that of everybody it. can own. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people will still oh, try yeah, to see it if it's, it's in their experience. town or if they're in New York. Yeah. But maybe that's like the end of the of the buzz. And when the buzz is over, that's it. And if that's true, then Hamilton's buzz is now over. And also. It's not, it didn't make any money. It didn't come out in theaters, so it didn't really make money. And the biggest thing I've heard from it is Lin-Manuel Miranda, not that good. Oh, I could have told you that. Not that good. I'm sorry. Sorry, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I mean, he, he created the whole thing. It wouldn't exist without yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you watch the thing and, You're clearly and talented he's just surrounded by like amazing performers and singers. Yes. And then this guy walks on, I'm Hamilton. And people are like, okay, well, I guess I know who 
paid for this. <laughs> I I see. I'd seen like clips of it before. I haven't seen the whole thing, and I never saw it live. Yeah. Um. But from what I'd seen, I was kind of like, this guy really? <laughs> well, you yeah. know. I mean, obviously, he 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 is a creative talent, and that he was able to create this, right? Um. And it would I like guess. so. Um. So he's got that, but he's not a at least singer, he's not a great performer. Um, and I, other things I've seen him in, I think he's okay. I don't think he's super great. Sorry, the man Miranda. I know like people like well, keep watching his love dark materials you and like will stand by you. There, there's and a little little prize for you if you keep watching his dark materials in season two, which will be coming out. And when it does, Phoebe Waller Bridge will play Andrew Scott's. Demon. Quick explanation. Demons are little familiars, little animals that everybody in the world of that show has. And Phoebe Waller, Bridge, Scott, Andrew Scott. Yeah. Andrew, Phoebe, Bridge, Scott, Waller. <laughs> Let's just combine our names. Appeared together yeah. in, of course, Fleabag, Fleabag season two. Yes. And instead of giving us Fleabag season three... She's just going to play his his rabbit or something. <laughs> right. Well, well, the daemon is it, it, it's like their soul, right? It's their personification. Well, it's not a personification. It's like their soul in animal it's their form. Animalification. Yeah. Right. Uh, who can best, like talk to bestification? them? Bestification. Yeah. Right. Um. I went to Disney one year. That was my bestification. <laughs> uh, people are geeking out about this, like hard. And I just don't really care. And I feel really bad that I don't really care. Here's why. I really like the books. Um, I read uh, the the trilogy. I know he has another uh, prequel trilogy and the first two books are out. I haven't read those yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked the original trilogy a lot. And so I, I read the first book in preparation for the show Started watching the show and like I think it was like three or four episodes in. For some reason, somebody made the decision we're gonna put stuff from the second book in yeah. right now. And I was like, what? And it's like I haven't read this all yet. So I just quickly started reading the second book. But um, uh, do you just think don't care about it that much? I don't think it's that well done. Well, I mean, they're just thinking about the long game. I mean, you know, Philip Pullman was writing them, and he probably knew what he wanted to have in the second. It was conceived as a trilogy, I'm sure. Yeah. But you don't want to overload people with plot lines that will never really pay off until later books. Um, Tolkien. So, uh, <laughs> what's carrying this ring around all the time? Um, so I, I understand why they did that, but did I can't, it's been a while since I've read the first book. Did the first book have enough air in it that you could sustain upcoming plot lines from other books? I feel like the first book was... Pretty solid. Yes, I, I think all three books are about. pretty solid. Yeah. Um. Well, third one. So I, I I don't know why why they did it that way. Um. I, I I like the actors in it for the most part too. I just I I can't. It makes me frustrated and angry because I wish I liked it more, and I I can't put my finger on it exactly why I don't. <sighs> I can tell you. Yeah. It's what not, What do you think? Not well acted. Well not paced. well acted. You don't think? It's not well paced. No. Well, it's definitely too many, too many not plot lines from related books in the, in the first book. It's definitely not well paced, <laughs> and, and they exactly they, they throw things in from different plot like like different books, but also they they just jam too much into one episode. Mm. You don't think so? I just don't. I, I don't know. Like we, we I, we've talked about this, or I've talked about this probably to my bathroom mirror. Um, <laughs> that you know the way that you write TV now is is different. 
And yeah. I don't think everybody's on board. And they should be because you've got, you know, 25-year-old, you know, 30-year-old. you got young people uh, writing these yeah. streaming shows. Right. And the episodes don't have an arc. They're just designed to be a chapter in mm. this long visual book or mm-hmm. visual novel. And you'd think, yes, that's true. well, they're just starting. They're young. They're just starting their career. They should be good at this. But I don't know. They grew up watching Cheers. They grew up watching um, Battlestar Galactica or whatever right. and episodes that um, were self-contained. And so nobody, I don't think anybody's really figured out yet a good way to really do this. Uh, something I forgot to ask you at the beginning of the show was, yeah. how's Warrior Nun? Because I walk by the TV when you're watching Warrior Nun and I go, well, it's just two people talking in a room, same characters, can't tell what point at their arc or story they're in. Yeah. And it just seems like the same thing over and over again. It's about the same. It's, <laughs> it's At least in Sabrina, Michelle Gomez is in some new costume yelling at Sabrina. So <laughs> there's some sense of forward momentum. I, you know, you, you crap on Sabrina, but <laughs> I do. Um honestly, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for Sabrina a little bit. Um, they know what their show is. They know they're 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 schmaltzy. They know they're um, ridiculous, uh-huh. and they and and they're all about you know uh, witches and you know and hell and everything. But they just embrace everything, and they just they just go for it. You know what I mean? Sure. They don't hold anything back. They everybody is on board. Everybody's on the same page. Um. You know what you're getting. You know what to expect. You know what you're getting. It's well done. It's well acted. Uh, the costumes are great. Every I I I think it's great. I can understand why you might not enjoy it. It might not be for you, but I think it's I think it's well done. What? Warrior Nun, on the other hand, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. The pacing <laughs> is still really weird. Yeah. Um. I'm like, why are they going over here? Why are they talking to this person? Why are they doing this right now? And I don't really, I feel like that's a bad sign when you're watching a show, when you're like thinking about like, why is this happening right now? And I do that every episode. It's not just like a little bit, you know what I mean? And plus, if it was a film, like I saw the first couple episodes, if it was a film, um, you've got a setup and you would immediately pursue that setup. Yeah. So I thought it had a real solid um, setup and like introduction of the premise you know, we were these nuns and we're fighting against somebody and we've this random girl, you know, gets this thing that sort of brings her back to life and gives her angel powers. Right. And you would immediately take that character, which would be our audience point of view character. Yes. And you'd throw her into this conflict between the sure the nuns, ninja, ninja nuns. The warrior nuns. Yeah. And uh, and whatever, whoever their opposites are, you know. But instead, she runs away and spends the next four episodes mm-hmm. just bouncing off of totally random characters. Yep. And it, immediately, the momentum of the story stops I, dead. I agree with you. And I think that that, honestly, is one of the biggest faults of the show. And, and that, that continues. Oh, like, great. She continues to to bounce back and forth. And like and, and, and if, if she had just struggled with it and like you know and then like i don't know and but also just been there and we've actually it's seen like, her training. Uh, you know how like the first act of the matrix is like a great setup and it also 
when you think about it, is sort of a waste in terms of screenplay efficiency because you meet the lady with the white rabbit tattoo and you meet the the guys like, oh, it's like mescaline. Oh, yeah, there's no, no other way to fly or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and you meet the guy's boss, you know, he's yelling at him. I All think- those characters never show up again. It's not right, like they come right. back and they're agents or something. We throw the first act away, but it sets up the rest of the film. And imagine if you did a Matrix show and you took that first act and you blew it up into six episodes where he's just sleeping late and, and trying to hack stuff and he keeps seeing this lady, you know, in leather pants. Right. That's just, that's what modern, uh, you know, filmic TV is now. No, I think that's a that's <sighs> a good way of putting it. It's a little frustrating. Um, I feel like we've gotten to know the other, the characters a little bit better. There has been more action in it, which is good, but not as much as I would have liked. I just watched the seventh episode and they just introduced a whole bunch of new characters. And I'm right. like, what are you doing? What is this? Well, there's what a, is this? There's another show who's uh, had a trailer at Comic-Con, Virtual Comic-Con this year, uh, that I'm sure will follow the same storytelling path. Oh Hellstrom is still going to come out <laughs> Yep. on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> adapted from in a very obscure comic book from 1970s Marvel. and uh, Really? I didn't know it was that obscure. I mean, I guess I hadn't really heard of it before. Well, I mean, so. I think they brought it back in the '90s, but okay. you know, that was in Marvel, Marvel horror, like the Marvel, <laughs> yeah, like Devil right. Horns uh, had some success back then. But uh, yeah, so that's people aren't liking that, <laughs> but people are liking, or at least Netflix is liking, the Dragon Prince. They just gave the Dragon Prince a four-season renewal. Whoa, that's a lot. So there are a couple seasons in. Yeah, it's about time to check out if we're gonna go on with this thing. Uh-huh. And they didn't give him one. Give him two. Gave him a four-season renewal. That's a lot. So they are committed. <clears throat> Can I ask you a semantic question? If it's quick. Okay. So Dragon Prince is a it's 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 a American animation, right? Yeah. But it's kind of done in the style in of the anime. Avatar style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Right. If it's not Japanese made, is it anime? Animanga or ana anim amerame. There's, there is a term for it. Is there? Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, there there used to be an anime ma- magazine called Anamerica. Yeah. Um, it probably anim- still exists somewhere. I don't know if they do. I feel like... So anime was so huge here in the 90s, right? And then it kind of like Hard died me. down. So, oh, um, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe maybe I'm just not up on the know on what the kids are watching these days. <laughs> no, no way to make yourself seem older I than know. to say what you just said. I know. Uh, so speaking of being old, yeah, G four is coming back apparently. Why? <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, G four was a cable network. Uh, I think it was uh, NBC Universal that owned it, or maybe just M- uh, Universal at that time. Uh, and it ran from 2002 to 2014. Mm-hmm. And if you were a kid with frosted tips, you were watching. Um, the people on Attack of the Show or right. the people on uh, Game Grumps. What's the what's the name that, of the actress the gaming show was who called. was um, a presenter on that and then she, now she's an actress? What's her name? Is she what what's she been in recently? <laughs> I don't know about recently. Olivia Munn. Yeah, she Olivia Munn. arrived in Hollywood and said, "Are you ready for me?" And we said, "No." <laughs> and she said, "Oh, well, can you let me know when when you will be?" Yeah, right. And we went, "All right." <laughs> and they shoved her and she got look, I'll tell you 
it wasn't for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. She had good representation because they shoved her into everything. Yeah. And they she was on the newsroom, you know, and she yep. was on that Sorkin show. She was Psylocke in the X-Men films. She was. Although that isn't the X-Men films now are no guarantee of no. any future work because no, of how messed up they are. But yeah. she tried. She did. But didn't quite make it. And I think the reasons are are obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a fine presenter, but you know, like a rock star who just can't seem to get how acting works right. and not being a frontman or a woman for a band. Mm-hmm. Um, similar situation. Yeah. Um, what was it called? What's the gaming show called? Because there's Attack of the Show, which is a culture show, and then there's the remember. gaming show. X rem- X Play. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We're at the talk about video With, games. Uh, Adam, what's his name? Who I don't. He went off the range and went somewhere on his own. And of hmm. course, Morgan Webb who still kicking around doing something somewhere. And then Adam Pereira was also the co-host of Attack of the Show. And he started his own podcast slash YouTube thing, like you do. I don't think that really went anywhere. And now he's on a true TV show, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. I think we saw him at an airport when we were going to a con <laughs> once. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of uh, musician-turned-actors. I haven't really seen her in anything I don't think, but um, Joan Jett. Well, I was, I was thinking of Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, uh, so close. Uh, and um, I was listening to um, the radio the other day, and I heard this this female singer, <laughs> and I was like, "This is like this sounds so much like Prince. Who is this?" Janelle, Janelle Monet. Monet. He, he. Oh my God. He helped her write that song. Oh, did he? Yeah, I okay. believe so. All right. Um, but y- I don't want to take it away tell. from her if, if she didn't. But yeah, it's clearly intended as a, um, uh, a an homage. Yeah, right. The way you make me feel. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's that's the only song I've heard that I've heard. Uh, I like it. Um, I like it, but too. I haven't heard any, any of her other stuff. And to be yeah. honest, I haven't seen her movies, so I hear that she's good. People seem to like her. Yeah, but I can't really speak to it. I know that Taylor Swift can act though. Um, and it's weird I, because I everyone. Cats, so I of, don't know. Well. <laughs> But no, <laughs> uh, every one of her, her videos, music videos is yeah. some kind of cinematic thing where she's and she does a good job in those. Uh, she she sings well. <laughs> well, I Give mean, me I think she's she's I think she's believable in the videos. Not necessarily wouldn't necessarily say that that makes you a good actress. But anyways, agree to disagree. <laughs> some voice acting news. Yeah. No, really. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Brad Dorif will be returning to the voice of Chucky in the upcoming USA Network Chucky show. Oh, okay. Um, how, how are they going to do a Chucky show? Uh, I don't know. I don't um, know either. Um, so Chucky, like, is in Chucky, the, the, the evil doll. Yes. Okay. Um, I know that Brad Dorif. I know that name. How do I know that name? Oh. oh my goodness what we do this every time do i'm we? sorry that his name isn't unique sorry. enough for you sorry it's just Wa- tell me waterfall it's, it's not a waterfall oh oh the the guy on the x-files you, yeah uh, i miss you starbucks <laughs> yeah the guy in the x-files who is also a world famous actor who has been in some amazing roles chucky okay. notwithstanding okay Grima right. worm tongue and uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm assuming. An Alien Four. Okay, I'm assuming if it's going to be a cartoon. Is he in Mississippi Burning? I don't know. Or what? What was it? There's there's a he was in some movie in the South. Okay, I mean I could believe <laughs> Nailed it. it. Wow, <laughs> got it. Um, so if it, it's animated, right? Um, 
uh, I'm assuming it's going to be geared Chucky? towards adults. I don't think Chucky's going to be animated. Oh, it's not going to be animated. No. But how are they going to do the sh- How are they going to do a show? Anthology? I, yeah, I Maybe guess. Maybe Chucky's just going from town to <laughs> Just going from town to town and uh, terrorizing Getting jobs, people. sweeping up at bars, but right. then uh, somebody gets a little too fresh. Uh, and that's when Chucky comes out. Oh my god. I saw a, uh, a video of a dog in a Chucky costume. It's one of those costumes where the front legs look like legs, yes, you know? I know. <laughs> so, oh my was, god. I don't have any I don't really care about Chucky either way, but that costume is really cute. And I've the, seen so and many the arm of is on like a wire, really so the arm like is moving up and down. With and a knife. the dog's momentum makes it stab with its knife. <laughs> it's pretty great. I, I saw a really cute one the other day that was like a dog in like a postal worker um, outfit, and they're like carrying a, the the fake arms have like a little package that moves up and down. And sure. Everything. So yeah, that was really cute too. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Did uh, we um, we're not on a TV. Uh, news yet? No. Uh, season crown, season five of the crown won't be out until 2022. Okay. All right. Um, so season six is going to be even farther out than right. I guess. Right, right, right. All right. Well, um, I mean, they can't. Hulu film, so. uh, is just. What if we made all? We've tried to make all the right decisions. Hasn't worked out. What if we make all the wrong decisions? <laughs> How's that going to work? And their le- most recent wrong decision is trying to turn the uh, alternate history book. Rodham into a series. Rodham is about yeah. if Hillary Rodham Clinton had never met Bill Clinton, what kind of life would she have had? Mm-hmm. The answer is, who cares? <laughs> she just would have been arrested for real estate scandals, probably in Arkansas. No, I don't know. I look. Consider yourself liberal. Yes, absolutely. I consider myself even farther left than liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, who cares? I don't. Why does this exist? I don't know. Why does this, people really want to see a whole TV series? Would about you like this? to see some Pepto Bismol? No, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, I need some after hearing about this. This is who cares? <laughs> you know, I know they made that like buried Netflix film, which I don't think is very good, but. What was that about again? <sighs> sorry. I'm sorry. I, this is I, what I don't remember. You're seeing the sausage made. Yeah, I know. Barack Obama? Ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I hear about the Rodham series, I think, thanks, Obama. Uh, Hey. (laughs) Psychonauts 2 will feature Jack Black in a voice role. Psychonauts, of course, is the classic game from, I don't know, the PS2 era. uh, About uh, By Double Fine Productions, about psychic kids. um, I think I've heard of it before. Before Inception even Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. All right, that and could Jack be cool. Black will be doing that. This reminds me of um, Brutal Legend, the uh, Double Fine game that he did, uh, where he was the um, Eddie, the, the the best roadie in the world, or whatever. Well, we know he likes video games, right? He's got a pretty active YouTube channel. With yes. um... get off my lawn, Jack. <laughs> Actually, we don't do all that much video game stuff. We're talking about right now. Uh, here's another video game story. Uh, Bioware is making Dragon Age Four, but don't you will die if you hold your breath. Wow, probably going to be a while, huh? Yeah. How how challenging do you think is it it is right now for game developers to actually work on a game while working remotely? Like, are you able to? So here's do the that? thing: you absolutely are. Okay. But the way that the the way that the business, the industry is set up, yeah. It there's a you know how like you you told me that um, Japan has everything they need to have people work at home, mm-hmm. and think about how you wouldn't have to be pushed 
squeezed into a subway car. You're right. going to have to go through all the things that you have to go through to work somewhere in a downtown in Japan. But it's not in their culture because right. that middle manager still wants to look over your shoulder right. and see that you're doing something. Exactly. That's video games. Okay. Okay. The, the the corporate culture and the management structure is such that I don't I don't think you you absolutely could, but I don't think they are doing it. Okay, well that's too bad. No, I know the the composer for Star Trek Discovery season three is at home right now, sweating blood, recombining individual instrument recordings from all the musicians who are at home who have sent it and are recording in yes. their own home like studios or environments. Right. And he's mixing and them combining them into yep. an orchestral score. Right, and he better be getting like danger money for that. Right. But yeah, no, they can't make this thing at home. It's impossible. Oh the only goodness. thing you can have is, uh, you know, some concept artist is scribbling away on a Wacom tablet, I'm sure, at home. But that's that's all they can do. Uh, Amazon is uh, producing a show based on Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang's Paper Girls. So a comic I never read will become a show that I'll never watch. I have heard really, really good things. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking about something else. <laughs> um... Perfect. Moving on. Uh <laughs> And we saved it for last this time, but it is, of course, our sad duty to report on deaths in Hollywood, oh, I know. which are happening. Uh, we'll save the best for last. So sorry, Regis. Regis well, Philbin passed away at the oh, age of 88. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Okay. Of Poor course, Regis. known for hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the U.S. Yeah. And a uh, long time. Regis uh, and Kathy live. Lee. Yeah. Um, huge personality. Just seemed yep. like a really, really genuinely nice and I don't know guy. his whole story. I got to start in like, uh, like local news, right, I think. And he was a news guy for a long time and then moved into, you know, hosting and, and that sort of thing. And yeah. Probably hosted a Miss America pageant or two in his time. But uh, as a presenter myself, a hero, you know, a classic, yeah. a classic presenter, classic personality. Mm-hmm. And um, also did a lot of, uh, was on Letterman a lot, <laughs> you know, was uh, always up for doing goofy stuff on Letterman. And... Wasn't like, so who wants to be a millionaire? Was not was that an American game show or did we take it from somewhere else? We took it from Britain. We took it from Britain. Yep. We made it our own, kind of, put Regis there. I saw, so the, the, just a really quick story. There, there was a Japanese... Uh, version of that as well. Oh, there's a... You've seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire, Yeah, right? right. That show went all around the world. Right. But the the guy that got to, to host it, to be the Regis Philbin, was like a Japanese Regis Philbin. Okay. Like, they, they, they found somebody who had, like, similar, like, mannerisms. And we oh, really? <laughs> That's what I thought. Anyways, okay. I was like, wow, this guy really reminds me of Regis Philbin. They said he's Japanese. So, anyways. Crazy. Uh, also, recently passing away is uh, John Saxon, a name that you might not know, but you would know his work. He was a, um, probably most famously... A B-movie star. He was in a lot of uh, bad movies mm-hmm. or low-budget movies. Yeah. Um, probably best known to a lot of 40-year-old white male fans as uh, one of the uh, guys in the movie Mitchell, which was uh, Joel Hodgson's last uh, episode of MS23K. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but had done so much more, had right. acted for over 60 years, uh, was one of the main uh, stars of Enter the Dragon. Yes, and uh, was, of course, um, the f- dad, Nancy's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, would often show up as um, sort of like a stalwart, you know, police character who's trying to get stay one step ahead of this uh, slasher or whatever. <laughs> um, played a lot of bad guys, played a lot of good guys, uh, played a lot of cops, you know, but uh, was in over 200 films and TV shows. That's crazy. So, yeah. 
he will definitely be missed. Yeah. Uh, and last and certainly not least, uh, Olivia, Olivia de Havilland passed away at the age of 104. Whoa. She was 104, so I'm not going to... This one's not on us. No. We didn't right. talk about her a week or two ago. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, of course, uh, one of the stars of Gone with the Wind. Oh, no. We did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I mean, okay. I'm not, right. I'm not going down for 104. No, I'm That's not, not either. That's a long <laughs> no, that run for, for anybody. That wasn't me. No. Uh, and uh, is a multiple Oscar uh, nominee. Yeah. Uh, a two-time winner for uh, the films to each his own. And um, another film, which I have now forgotten, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure she was great in. Uh, was it Hold Back the Dawn? I can't remember. I didn't um, in a ton of movies, also is significant because she was one of the um, first people to um, put a crack in the Hollywood studio system. Um, they had a system where, you know, you signed to a studio. So yes. it's not like, hey, who's Cameron Diaz is going to do this movie for? Right, right, right. Uh, you had to do a movie for, for that Paramount studio. or Columbia yeah. or whoever it was. And a lot of, you'd have like a seven-year contract and you had right of refusal to a film, but if you didn't take the film that they gave you, then mm-hmm. you were suspended and your wow. suspension time would be added on to the end of your contract. Oh, that sucks. Right. So yeah. it was nominally seven years, but if you ever didn't do a screwball comedy or whatever that they offered you, right. it was going to be more than seven years. Okay. And they even did it to American servicemen who went and fought in World War II. So when Jimmy Stewart was dropping bombs what? on people, he was his contract was, was not running at that time. <gasps> and Olivia had enough of that. And so when she reached the end of her uh, seven-year contract with boop, 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 MGM, I think? I can't remember. Okay. But the point is, uh, she was not happy with them, although she had uh, made a lot of pictures with them, and wanted out, and she took it like to the Supreme Court. Oh, wow. And so they ruled that uh, she couldn't be held in that kind of contract, and that led to the relatively swift death of the studio system in well, terms of contracts. Well, good for her. Yeah. That's really cool. I she didn't also realize tried that to she sue, was responsible for that. Was it TNT for the uh, feud, the, the film about her, uh, and it might have been Joan Fontaine, her sister. Who was she? She was feuding with everybody. Uh, she was kind of a very self-assured person. Uh, okay. And she lost that one because uh, they ruled that it was not damaging to her uh, reputation. And I would agree. That was like three years ago. So at the age of 100, it's like, honey, you're you're a classic figure of Hollywood now. Like, you are an institution. Yeah, like The right. fact that you were fighting with, you know, your sister or whatever, nobody really cares about no, that. Nobody cares. Yeah. That's, wow. But yeah, huh. she was... Um, yeah, just a fantastic actress and, uh, you know, just a good person. Yeah, and... yeah. She was really great in Gone with the Wind. She was the unsung hero of Gone with the Wind, really. She was like, she was a sweetheart. She was the heart of that film. I think she was a, a doorstop, right? She was just keeping Aww. keeping uh, Scarlett from getting her man. Yeah, wow. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's what was going on at all. Um. Oh, thank God she's dead. I know. Now I can have... Ashley or whatever his name is. Yep, that's it. That's right. His name is <laughs> Ashley. Um, I heard, and I can't remember his name now, so this is really great news. Um, one of the original members of Fleetwood Mac passed away yesterday. That's true. Uh, I think he was one of the guitar players. Yeah. Um, and he was not with them the entire time that they were still together. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's yeah Peter Green. Yeah. 
but um they uh were celebrate they were celebrating him and honoring him and playing some of his music on the local radio station yesterday <laughs> so they, they do that when like a great musician like passes away it's, so hey, you know what i mean hey i do this too so <laughs> i know that it's tough and you just need programming uh-huh. so i mean that, that's nice and all but somebody's probably like Oh, thank God. I had no idea what I was going to do for my segment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, I don't know that it was like that. When I mean, Prince it was... died, everybody took the week off. Well, I know. Well. <laughs> they, just, they just went to Florida. Yeah, when you right. Could, when you could right. do that. Yeah, I know. Just went, uh, yeah, just put Purple Rain on repeat. Yeah, right. Woo! Yeah. See you at the pool. <laughs> Be excellent to each other. Yes. And party on, dudes. Yeah. A phrase that is never uttered in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> what happened? Um, in the movie? Like what happens in the movie? I know or? you're eager to do that part, yeah. but what what happened, period, with this film? <sighs> Wow, um, that's a, a that's a big question. It's I different, think. huh? It's very different. It's very different than the original film, despite yeah. being written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, the guys that wrote the first film. Fun, insane fact: hmm. Chris Matheson is the son of Richard Matheson, what? author of I am. Uh, I'll help you out because I know you don't know who that is. Author of I Am Legend. You know, Last Man on Earth. What? Uh, the, all those Twilight Zone episodes, an episode of Star Trek, uh, the, the Shrinking Man, you know, What Dreams May Come. Just, you know, one of the most amazing genre writers of all time. Oh, my God. It's not just a, a common name, period. Right. Uh, but, yeah, literally uh, the kid of Richard Matheson. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Um, huh. Yeah, I don't know what – I don't know what happened like like this movie even even from the very beginning like i know you have to set the tone and you're you're setting the stage and it's 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 a different thing right like the only connecting part that we have in the beginning is rufus right well that's the only yeah thing really and that i don't know they just decided like the first one classic right the, we're going back in time we we're going to fail our history exam let's uh, meet with some great historical figures and get them to help us right right um amazing concept great well it's a you know borrowing from from lots of different things like doctor who specifically yeah right right yeah. exactly but um you know so so great so you think this time, oh, they're going to do something similar. They'll go Let's back that, in time or more. go in the future or something right. and meet either past important figures or future important figures. Yeah. But it's not like that at all. No. It it, it takes – maybe we're just kind of doing it now. Let's do it for a little more and see how far we get. Okay. Uh, it, it takes uh, the – the, it takes the world of the original movie, which we are yes. introduced to, not just time travel, but the idea that these you know losers are going to save the entire they're the, world. They're the saviors of the it world. It takes that yeah. as as given and just runs with it mm-hmm. and doesn't 
try at all to emulate really the first film. No. It just takes like, you remember that weird movie where those like two stoners like save the world? Yeah. And then there's a weird future. Everybody's wearing um, Lemme and, and like uh, cool sunglasses. Yeah. Well, that's all. You get all that, right? Yeah. All right, let's just do a movie. And so the movie opens with them in that future, actually at the... Um, the, the Bill and Jenkins uh, water reclamation plan or whatever, which has oh. been in a million Star Trek episodes yes. as, you know, something Starfleet Academy or the planet yeah, where the naked people about. are or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it just goes like, oh, you, you know where we are. You get it because we established this so well in the first movie. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't at all. <laughs> and then we're introduced to the idea that there's like, the, it isn't all perfect. There's like some people who really hate how great this uh, future is. Right. Which will... Repeat in uh, Demolition Man. <laughs> Did you see the de- the similarities to Demolition Man in the five minutes we spend in the future, and then we and then we go back wow. um, to the present. I guess I didn't think about that, but now that you bring it to my attention, yes. Well, I think that we've uh, well Demolition Man was after this. I think we've run out of steam, as I predicted we would. So, uh, <laughs> what happens in this film? Um, basically, there is this guy who runs this group of people in the future. I can't remember. I don't think they have a what name, they do call. They? I don't know. Uh, he doesn't like Bill and Ted, so he creates um uh and the world that they've created. He hates it, everything about it. So he creates robots that look like Bill and Ted, and he programs them to uh go back into the past and kill the actual Bill and Ted, yeah. and take over their lives, and like ruin. Make sure they aren't the saviors. Uh, And um, they do this. I guess they need the time machine. And Rufus has the only time machine, I guess. That's not necessarily established. I mean, is there only one? I don't don't know. know. They do. This world, like I said, we don't really. We're supposed to understand it and we don't. But they go specifically to. Because this is partially. He doesn't like Rufus either. So I think this is also. A plot against Rufus, but he Ruf, Rufus teaches yes. um, temporal. Well, he uses a time machine to teach music theory or whatever. And so right. they know there'll be a time machine there yes. Yes. while that class is going. So maybe yes. that's why they go there specifically. Yeah. And it's at the Bill and Ted University or something like right. that. Anyways. Uh, and then like everybody in the future, all the kids. Well, I guess Rufus kind of is too, but all the kids are wearing really bright like huge clothes, huge shoes. It's weird. The entire film is a four-color comic book fantasy. Yeah, that's true. Like, Bill and Ted wear the same clothes the entire film, and they are yes. all solid colors, solid primary colors. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason behind that is that uh, a guy named Peter Hewitt directed this. It was his first film. I believe he was British, although I'm not sure. But apparently he was a big comic book fan. And so that's the look of this is very different from the sort of 80s yeah. look of the first one. Like mm-hmm. it's suddenly it's like this very simplistic four color thing, but I guess that's why. Fun fact, Peter Hewitt appeared, he had a cameo in the film as oh. the guy who was smoking in the hardware store. <laughs> okay. With that death who, I'll see you soon. I think I probably would have hated this guy because he's a leather jacket and like a yeah. pompadour, which could be wardrobe. But I don't think so. Uh, I think that's like 1991. He's got a pompadour. He's like, I'm a big comic book fan. Man. Like the pompadour like, this like is, This guy's like a wannabe Zack Snyder of, of 1991. Great. But anyway, um, it turned out an okay film. Right. <laughs> that's weird. Right. So so, so the robots do take the time machine, go into the future. Rufus follows Pass. them. Um, and they go to the future. Uh, Bill and Ted have 
propose to the princesses. The princesses say yes. Uh, the robots kill Bill and Ted. You forgot about Battle of the Bands. Oh, yeah. There's a Battle of the Bands going on, and uh, they're really, really excited about that. Um, Pam Greer has decided to give him a chance, which is like, <laughs> Pam what? Greer's in this. I know. I know. This is way before Jackie Brown. Okay. Uh, but I was like, Jesus. Um, anyways. Somebody was wanting Pam Greer in this movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Um, but anyways, so so lots of things happen. Uh, the robots do kill them. Uh, they, they meet the Grim Reaper. They go to hell. They go to heaven. Lots of stuff happens. Um, that's basically the movie. And then they somehow find their way back. And, yeah. And uh, be excellent to each other. There were some. Well, there's more than that, but we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. There were some critics who called this better than the first one. But I think the general mm-hmm. consensus was. <laughs> what? I don't think it's better than the first one. Um. I enjoyed it still, but I don't think it's better than the first one is. No. Um, yeah. And I think fans in general were sort of like, all right, well, maybe we didn't need another one of those. <laughs> it's always bad when you have something that exists, you know, almost perfect on its own. And it's just this just enjoyable, you know, you know, deli- uh, uh, artifact or um, right. delicacy and... And then there's another one. It's like there's more. Oh, this isn't. Uh, this isn't. This isn't as good. And that kind of makes me yeah. not want the first one. Um, yeah. I know personally because I saw this in the theater, and I remember where I was when I saw it because I was in Portland, Oregon. Okay, sure. For a uh, a singing competition. Uh-huh. Uh With a singing group uh, related to my church. So I saw it with a bunch of Christian dudes. Because we were all going to go out and see a movie. And they all hated it to a man or boy because uh-huh. it had heaven and hell in it. Oh, okay. And so immediately yeah, they were all turned off. About that. And Christians can only think in binary terms. So clearly this movie is bad. Not because the jokes aren't as snappy. Not because I think the evil Bill and Ted have more screen time than the good Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, that's like, debatable. Yeah. Clearly, like Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves wanted to stretch their acting muscles yeah. and portray themselves twice. Yeah. Uh, and also they didn't like it because they used the kiss version of God gave rock and roll to you instead of the petrol one at the end. And it's debatable which one's better, but neither of those bands wrote that song. It's from a British band called Argent, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's a great song though. Uh, and don't, so what about don't fear the reaper who, who wrote that song? Blue Oyster know? Cult. What was it? Blue Oyster Cult? Did that, did that song appear in the film? Here's something else about I the film. I thought it did. The, there's not a lot of rock in this film. There isn't. Now, the first film had a ton of rock, but it was all by, you know, like small label bands. Yes. They couldn't afford anybody really big. Right. There's a lot of like referencing rock in this, but there isn't like a ton of actual rock. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, Primus appears at the end uh, for the Battle of the Bands. Yes. Um, the guy from um, the guy from Faith No More is in the beginning. He's got one of the best. He's got he's got one of the best lines because yeah, he does. He's like, what a what a shithead. I know. <laughs> but otherwise, he's you know that's it. And then there's like, I think there's a warrant song in it at some point. Okay. And they reference "Don't Fear the Reaper." Oh yeah, and then the the guitar solo that they do when they come back and they've had their 16 months of intensive guitar training. Yeah. That apparently their song is they wrote. God gave rock and roll to you, I guess. Uh-huh. But the, the solo that gets into that song or that yes. the Kiss version, 
Uh, Steve Vai wrote that. <laughs> so Who's that? He's, oh, God, every day this is what I have to go through. <laughs> he is a, he's a classic. He's, up, he's on the Mount Rushmore of, like, guitarists. Like, oh, he's wow, okay. A classic guitarist. Okay. Uh, he doesn't do classic music, but he's, yeah, he's a, you know. Classic rock Hendrix guitarist. and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric okay. Clapton and all those guys. Okay. Um, so there's, like, there's a pedigree in here for sure. Yes. But it... And there's a soundtrack album for the film like, yeah, that yeah, has yeah. all these great, has Megadeth, you know, has all these great songs, but uh, they don't really show up much. They're not it's featured weird. in the film. It's weird because like it, that was such a big part of the first one. And, and yeah, these guys like, want to be in a rock band. They, they, it's all about rock music, right? And rock music saves the world. So why isn't it featured? Well, more? yeah, actually, I'm thinking about the first film. Like rock music saves the world, but really like uh, a good knowledge of history saves the world. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Understanding uh, society and civilization. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the color thing really Their quick. song probably sucks, right? Probably. I guess we'll find out in the third one. I but think like, we will. It's going to be like a Rush, uh, sorry Rush, uh, you know, 9-4 time signature. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to have long spoken word sections. Yeah, probably. It's going to be a real Stonehenge situation. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really excited about I know about how that. they danced. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, the, uh, so, so when they, when they die, um, they do this thing where, where their spirits come out of their bodies. Right. And while they are spirits, I think before they go to hell, they are seen in kind of like black and white gray. So like you can still like the what they chose for their clothes, they're still distinct. They're still the same clothes. Yeah. Now they're in monochrome. But they're they're, they're in monochrome. So like, um, uh, Keanu Reeves, for example, he's got like this red vest with a yellow smiley face. Can't see the colors. Smiley face is still there. Right. You know, um, so I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's design. A, and then when they go into back into the, to back to Earth, mm-hmm. they still look like that. And they're doing the whole like, you know, pancake makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. <sighs> it's I, uh, I think that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was the first film that this duo wrote. Oh, okay. And so they wrote this little thing that's probably just like, I don't know, let's just put, you know, the things that we like, rock and roll and like time travel and history into a movie and it took off. And then maybe they were a little drunk on power and we're like, all right, now we're going to take on like heaven and hell. Forget time travel. We're going to heaven and hell. We're going to put all these things into it and we're going to have them meet death because I was watching the seventh seal the other day and we're going to do that and. It's almost like a like what can we get away with? And yeah, this is yeah. a little more what can we get away with than is it entertaining are is there this a good, idea? good jokes in there? Right. And the the thing is like the jokes most of the jokes are just like revisited jokes from the first film. Mm. So I'm really scared about who Missy's gonna be married to. Uh, in Bill and Ted 3. I don't even want to know. But I like, know she's in it, though. If you've just got two films and you want yeah. a sense of duality, then, okay, you know, she divorces, you know, Bill or Ted's dad, and then she's married, or Bill's dad, and she's married to Ted's dad. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> Bill's dad got screwed because he's in it, but he's Barely. not really doing anything. No. And then Ted's dad gets the sequence where they're like, well, we've got to have a sequence in the police station again. And so yeah. they possess... Uh, Ted's dad and, and another guy. And, a sergeant, and that yeah. other guy is a very famous character actor. Okay. Um, the guy that plays Ted's dad has been in stuff too. Yeah. But one of these guys really tried to act, you know, emulate yes. the actor that he's connected to. Yes. And the other one was like, what are we doing? 
I know. So it doesn't sell the scene as well. Which is a little disappointing. It is. It is. Uh, Yeah. um, Keanu is Ted, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So so Ted's dad did a pretty good job of being Ted, I thought. Um, Also, the idea that, okay, so they've got the circuits of history. They've got time travel. Clearly, this is something they utilize, but it's the whole, like, a a bunch of, like, music theory 101 kids are going to go to the Jurassic period or something like that. We're, we're taking people, we're time traveling all the time. Yeah, it's a little much, isn't you, it? And you just drop that and then we don't ever go back to it because we've got other stuff to do. So either don't do that or like make that the movie. You know, like I want to explore their society. Right. Except they just had this mad on for doing the heaven and hell thing. And I don't mean to sound like my Christian friends back then, but I don't feel like there's a big enough payoff to the heaven and hell thing. Another question. Yeah. Rufus says that they're going to go visit Ben Franklin uh, at some some someday this week in class. Then we go to heaven. Oh, I didn't and we remember see that. Ben, ben Franklin. You're now, right. Is he talking about heaven, Bel- ben, uh, ben Franklin? Is he talking about time traveling to meet Ben Franklin in the 1700s or in some point of his, in his life? And can you get because people transfer from hell to heaven to earth in this? Can you get heaven, Ben, ben Franklin? And have him meet earthly Ben Franklin. How does the continuum of the afterlife and time travel work? Here's something else. Let's just skip to the end. The biggest rule of the first film is, for whatever reason, here's how their time travel works. And maybe it's because you have to, you know, call a number to time travel. There are circuits of time. Is that the clock in San Dimas is always running. So these boys have 18 hours or whatever to get their report done. But they don't forget to wind your watch, Ted. But they have to do it within 18 hours because to return to their own continuum, they, they have to return. They, when you live and you're time traveling, yeah. that is time that you spend. You are spending that same time. Right, right, right. Otherwise, you'll have a situation where, how's it going, Bill and Ted? You will. Yeah. There'll be two of you. Right. In this movie, at the very end, they're all ready to play. They've defeated uh, the, the, the mean guy. Yeah. They've destroyed the robots. But they still don't know how to play guitars. And don't get me wrong, this is a great joke. Yeah. They get in the time machine. Yep. It disappears and immediately reappears. Yep. And there's Easy Top. And yeah. they're and they've had 16 months of intensive guitar training. But yes. that would just be 16 months after everybody left the Battle of the Bands competition because they wondered where those Bill and Ted went. They would be back yeah. and ready to play. Yeah, valid point. <laughs> yeah. They you couldn't can't, return to the time the... travel doesn't work like that. No, you can't return to like just a second after you left. No. Which is like one of the advantages of time travel, but they introduced in the first movie that that, that, that was not, was an not how that worked in their world. Yeah, yeah, that does that's inconsistent. Good point. I didn't even think that didn't even. Occur and I'm to me hoping while I was these it. two guys yeah. are clearly nerds. Uh, one of them is a, the son of one of the greatest nerds of all time. I'm I'm hoping that they that that gets addressed. Remember and address that in because the third at, film? and we see in the trailer for Bill and Ted Three, which we can talk about at length, I guess, right now because why not just blend it all together. Like they're gonna do, uh, they have still they have not done this yet, and they don't live in a society that has full access to heaven and hell mm-hmm. <laughs> and the future that you know that will come out of the society. Supposedly, they are old men. Well, I should be careful. Relatively old men. Yeah. Uh, who are just regular dudes. Yeah. Dude. Still married to the princesses. So maybe the in the whole daughters. montage where they're on Time Magazine and all that, none yeah. of that happens. I guess so. I see. I wonder how they're gonna work that out, but they're gonna have to. Let's talk about the trailer. Okay, let's Because I think it. we've... Anything else? To, actually, let's close off uh, um, bogus. 
So it's supposed to be called wow, Don't okay. Take Go to Hell. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, bogus, I like Bogus, bogus Journey is better. Um, I I really enjoyed um, Death. I thought he was great. Yeah, William Sadler. Um, uh, president in Iron Man 3. Uh, naked Terrorist in Die Hard 2. Uh, another guy who's just been everywhere and done anything. And I'm excited because we'll talk about it in a minute, but he is going to reprise his role in the third one. So He has a YouTube channel. Does he really? Oh, boy. Oh, Oh boy, Bad quarantine's thing. made us all a little nuts. Huh? Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> um, but he's great in this. I I love that. Like it's all he's like. Okay, I'll take you back, but you have to win this game against me. And he thinks <laughs> he, they're going to play chess or something like that. But somehow, like Bill and Ted, they get to pick the game. They get to pick the game, and like they just I don't know where they're getting these games from, but whatever. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> He's like, best two out of three, and then he just keeps losing and losing, and it gets more ridiculous. I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed that he somehow, like, at what point is he like, I'm just along for the ride now, but like, he like, he follows he's, these well, guys. Well, yeah, and he's got some great moments, but he does. they could have sent him on an errand to do something because he really does just stand behind Bill and Ted in a lot of these scenes. Yeah, and he's like super capable. He's freaking death, man. He's a Grim Reaper, but I like that he <laughs> like yeah. joins the band. Yeah, when, and, they like, go, when they go visit God and they go through the whole thing, God's like, here's here's your thing. And they're like catch you later god and they all leave and then death kind of comes back he's like i'm sorry that i let these guys yeah in, you know? i know they right? melvin me <laughs> i know yeah. that was great kept bringing that back um so he was great um bill and ted of course were excellent um i i liked so just i wanted to talk about this just briefly because um this reminded me actually of the film we talked about last week in some ways the prestige so so <laughs> let, let me I'll get to it. Um so we have uh the the original Bill and Ted, the good Bill and Ted, right? Yeah. And then we have the evil robots Bill and Ted. Who, and they they show up and this whole plan, why does why does the evil guy need robots that look like Bill and Ted to kill Bill and Ted? Maybe to destroy their reputation. Yeah, that's an that's important what he part wants. of it. It's yeah. not we don't get into the plan because this is a movie for stoners. Right. But like I like the fact that when they show up, they're like, well, we have to listen to them because this is how we got into this yeah. in the first place. I like that, they too. They think they're from the future. Yes. I mean, they are, but that they're they, they think they're future versions of themselves. Yeah, and then, like, they don't realize until they're jerks to them that, like... They don't realize until they're thrown off the Vasquez rocks. Yeah. Uh, where Captain Kirk fought the Gorn. Yeah. That uh, maybe this is not what it, what it seems to be. Right, right. And I love that the robots like to prove that they're robots. They have to show you the robot parts. It's just so... It's weird, man. It, you know what it reminds me of? Huh. So Alex, and we're going to talk about this on uh, co-videos soon, but Alex Winter yeah. starred in and directed a film called Freaked okay. from like, I think 1993. Okay. And it was not a success, Okay, but it was his type of humor. He had a uh, show in the very early days of MTV called, I don't remember what it's called. Oh, okay. And it was a sketch show. It was just weird and freaky. A lot of, and that was MTV's brand back then and mm-hmm. he fit it really well. As did the state. That was later, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like a sketch show. And then, you know, he directed this film. Of course, he's gone on to become a very successful director. Right. Um, and it's just like this weird, like, gross out, weird, like, his style of comedy. And this movie is, like, very close to that in a lot of ways. And I don't know if that's... I don't think Solomon and Matheson were involved at all in um, the sketch show. But mm-hmm. they definitely found each other, I think, over this kind of... Um, similar humor? Yeah, and you see it in... 
the trailer for Bill and Ted 3 as well. It looks like they're going to hopefully like synthesize the mm. two styles of comedy, you know, of the first two films and give you the weird stuff, give you the hell stuff, you know, give you the, the muscle suit stuff. Yeah, and, right. But also give you the time travel and the hey dude type stuff too. So right. know, we'll see. Sorry, go ahead. Um so I was just gonna. Uh, so 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 we've got uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter playing both uh, the good Bill and Ted, and then like the uh, evil robot Bill and Ted, right? Um, so fine, cool, I understand that. And, and then they get, and, and then they yeah. get Station, who's the most brilliant scientist or scientists, however you want to look at it, the alien, two guys who morph into one guy to build the good robot bill and ted's and i was like well how is this gonna work and he you know builds them through with like stuff from like a hardware store yeah and you know they're robots they look like robots they kind of look like bill and ted like you can tell which one's bill and you can tell which one's ted because they've been wearing these superhero costumes throughout the entire movie that are easily identifiable yes yeah Their, their colors and everything um but I, I liked and appreciated that even though he's like the best scientist and like he's um, the guy for the job and he can create these good robots to do what they need to do, they are not the actors then playing themselves again. Well, that'd be you know what I mean? a bridge too far. That, that's, but I appreciated that because it reminded me of, of, of the prestige in that um, – Hugh, Hugh, oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman okay. right. played his double. Yep, you got me. But then also, I should have seen where you were going with that. Um, but also, <laughs> it's a magic trick. Look over here. Look over there. Yeah. Uh, but then also played himself. You know, killing himself with the with a with a machine and yeah. everything. So um, that's that's just what I thought of when I was watching it. So. Yeah, that that works. That's yeah. yeah. And um, I don't understand why they seem autonomous, but then they need to have be remote controlled to kill the other evil S's. But, but how are are they remote controlling them like when they're playing their instruments? Because they're like the backup dancers and they're playing their Bill and Ted are playing their guitars. So who's controlling them? Doesn't doesn't really matter. Does okay. It? <laughs> uh, um, I, I think that's about it. Other th- other thing I wanted to mention is, from what I understand, the princesses are supposed to be the same characters from the first film. Yeah, but they're but played they by different get, actresses. Yeah. Diane Franklin wasn't doing this. Um. And they're in the third film, again, played by different actresses who are, from their pictures, significantly younger than Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. We're going to talk about that. Just saying. Um, Yeah, they're the the Rusty and uh, uh, Audrey of uh, the the National Lampoon's Vacation of Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Right. I nailed that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, God damn it. I'm good. Uh, I like that Missy wants to talk to Ty Cobb when they're doing the seance. I don't know. I don't, what, I, I don't like, know who Ty Cobb I miss is. The, he's oh, on every is. show. Well, I asked when we were watching You know who Babe Ruth is? Yeah. Wife Beatier. What? <laughs> he's an old-time baseball player. Okay. All right. And a, and a wife bat. Okay. Wow. Uh, J- Tommy Lee Jones played him in a TV movie or whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I miss the, the, the weird comedy of the first film, and I hope that that comes back, and I think that – this movie, more than the other two movies, I think, will be a movie that is shoved through the the uh, appealability uh, Hollywood studio meat grinder. You know, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways the third one is going to be the most digestible of all. But Probably. I hope that that leans on funny comedy and bits and yeah, uh, 
and who knows uh, what else. Yeah. Um, like Napoleon eating the Ziggy Piggy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> ziggy right. Piggy, ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy <laughs> Piggy. You know, well, or like, it, just like, I, I just miss stuff like that. But there are flashes of, of comedy like that, like her wanting to talk to Ty Cobb. I like when they're falling in the hole and they're like, ah, that's Deep Hall. <laughs> <laughs> and also like the hell sequence was... I don't. I don't know if it works, but they were they were doing something. They were trying they, something. They were definitely trying something. We bring it back the threat of military school, which is like, aren't you guys like adults now? Like you're drinking beer. Like can, well, nobody can send apartment. you to a military military academy, no, can they? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alice Winter uh, played the grandma. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, give me a kiss. I have nothing left. But again, that's just like that's that's his sense of humor. You know, that's the kind of thing that he does. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, I like that. Um, <laughs> also, the old, the old movie references, like when, when they're playing charades uh, in heaven, the station is, you know, movie, it's a movie, okay, it's a yeah, movie. Right, right, and right. Death is like, Butch and Sundance, the early years, a movie which no one has seen and is terrible. It's a I sequel to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I didn't even, I never Not even starring those it. guys. Wow. It's just a wacky prequel to that movie where two guys get hosed by the Mexican army or whatever, or Colombian wow. army. Wow, wow. And then the answer was, Smokey and the Bandit 3, Smokey is the Bandit. <laughs> Thanks, Einstein. Another terrible film, which is just these, clearly these two writers are just like, how can we get fired? Like, what, what, what can we get away with? <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hope that there's more comedy like that I in, hope so in the too. third one, which we're talking about right now. The yeah. third one. Yes. We see Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're older. Yes. And they are told by some future person, not anyone we've seen before, uh, and of course, um, George Carlin, not available for this project. No, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it, it's, they're Carlin. told that they, um, they have to get this song done because it's supposed to be performed tonight. Yes. Now, again, if that's true, then why didn't you contact them six months ago? I know, right? But I think that the the, the pressure of time in this will is a, is an evidence that they are going to bring back the idea that just because you have a time trial uh, time machine doesn't mean that time doesn't mean anything. Right. So they're going to have to write this song in like ninety minutes right, and right, perform right, it. Right. Um. After when the gun goes off, and uh, so that's an interesting idea. Uh, they've brought back death. Yes, they've brought back hell, uh-huh. and so clearly they are not going to try to ignore the second movie. That's going to be all part of it. If we don't see Station, I'm I'm gonna. That's it. <laughs> there's there's going to be trouble. And there are there is some some weirdness that's maybe hand wavy because uh, two uh, very talented uh, comic actresses, Aaron Hayes and Jama Mays which I, I'm not doing a bit. That's their names. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, we'll be playing their wives. The princesses. Um, those girls are not 50. No, they're not. But uh, they're close in age, I guess. Um, the actress is playing their daughters. One I've never heard of, and the no. other is uh, Hugo Weaving's uh, cousin. or uh, Niece. Niece. Yes. I get it wrong every time. <laughs> uh, who's probably in her like mid to late 20s. So my question yeah. is, clearly they're not playing 30-year-old women in bill and ted three right right i mean the, the way they're dressed who knows with bill and ted uh descendants but they don't look very adult so will this be set in the past before 2020 mm. and here's my idea okay if 
they go to the future, come yeah. back with 16 months of intensive guitar training and yeah. two newborns yes. in 1991. Yes. What if this is set in 2012, the year of the apocalypse? Oh, That's when the okay. world will... We'll go and supposedly right and that means their song will have to be like a a strokes type thing right right wow <laughs> i was thinking about this there never could have been a bill and ted three because grunge would have killed bill and ted no you're right metal was not cool in no. 1991 part two yes like, it was over it was and so there would be nowhere for them to go mm-hmm. if they were going to write a song it would have to be Smells like Teen Spirit or something like right. that. Right, yeah. To heal anything, to yes. heal the world. Right. So I'm just thinking, I don't know, maybe it's not set in 2020 in order to make their daughters less pathetic than they're already going to be. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because like in the, I was just thinking about this. Um, so in the second one, they introduce their babies and their they're juniors of Bill and Ted, but they're but apparently they decided to make them girls, so they have their names. But like, it's like it's like Thea and um, and like maybe Bill, Billy, Billy the girl version, or right, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. exactly. So I, I think that's kind of interesting. I I can appreciate that they 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 chose to have them have girls instead of boys. I think that's yeah. Like they're a making good Bill and Ted woke now. Did you heard about this? They're probably not even going to do a job uh, or a joke where they. Um, Call people the uh, the F word that uh, is a slang term yep. for homosexuals. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That <laughs> Maybe was they great. could set that up in this, and then somebody's like, "Not cool." No. <laughs> and there's no. It's not funny. There's no joke. There's nothing. It's just like the movie stops, and it's like, "That's not cool." <laughs> I, I would be okay with that. Next scene. Next scene. Um, is there a less critical movie that I'm more excited to see? Is there a movie that we do not need in any way, shape, or form, and yet I'm I'm really looking forward to it? I can't think of anything. <laughs> I think this is it. I think this is it too. <laughs> um, and I'm I don't know. I'm really glad that we watched this because I had never seen um the second film before. Yeah. Um, which you know clearly you need to see to understand the the third one, especially since in the trailer we see that there are. Uh, all in hell and the daughters have said well we're dead and we're in hell and then like ted's like but but how are you and they're like oh we're good <laughs> yeah i think they're I think so the, you know the circuits of time i think we're gonna have to once again amend our time travel um sort of theories and yeah. the circuits of time will get crossed or something because it isn't just society that's at stake at this point it's like the entire universe or something and so there will be Alternate timelines, you know, they'll dial into the future and Bill and Ted are, you know, notorious criminals that are in prison or whatever. Right, right, right. And maybe we'll explore a little more um, of that sort of thing. Uh, And of course, because this movie does not care about rules at all, um, maybe they'll team up with, you know, criminal Bill and Ted and bring them back from the alternate timeline to help them heal their own or something like that. I could totally see them doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited that Death is in it again. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I just, everybody, like from the trailer, it just looks like everybody's having a good time. Um, yeah. So, you know. But would you recommend the bogus journey that Bill and Ted went on? Actually, you know what? I would. Um, I, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first film, but I think it's still a good film. I think it's still enjoyable. And if you want to see the third one, I think it's important to see the second one. Well, you're going to have to, yeah. Um, large, large, I mean, you watch, the, if you, so just from my perspective, watching the, the trailer for, for the third one, 
and having not seen the second one, when the daughters are like talking about how they're in hell and they died, but they're good, I'm like, what? I'm so confused. I'm so lost. Yeah, well, it seems like a spoiler, see, but see you the watch one. the second one yeah. and then and then you realize this that's is just, just a location. Of, this is just part of the story. To go to, yeah. Um, and 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 you know they could get out of it and it could be just fine. Yeah, I um, I I, I wish that the, I don't. I don't know. It's weird to have to be introduced to uh, evil Bill and Ted mm-hmm. before we even see our heroes. Um, True. It's weird. Uh, it's a weird movie that sidelines its heroes completely. Yes. And I wish that the, I guess I don't know what you do. Beavis and Butthead was popular then, so I don't know how you make the evil Bill and Ted stuff better. But I wish that it had been a little more better and entertaining. Mm-hmm. A lot of the comedy in the film is, it's kind of drenched in sweat. A little bit. Yeah. And yeah. if they had had a little better material instead of trying to sell so hard the stuff that they had, it would have been better. And as you pointed out, it's a movie that literally ends in space. <laughs> so maybe they went it a little, little too far. It does. But if you take the lessons of the past and take the uh, original you know, film that they built on and deliver something new for a new generation. Yes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, sky, sky's the limit. Mars is the limit. I don't know. Um <laughs> Hopefully, but hopefully they will be excellent to each other and party on dudes mm-hmm. and do dads. There you go. There you go. Well, that's our show. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And we will see you on the internet at Facebook and Twitter and other places of social media dumb. Mm -hmm. And also, while you're at it and you're listening to us on a platform, uh, whatever your platform of choice is, make sure you subscribe to the show so you get it right away. Give us a review because we want to hear from you. Yes. And give us a rating. That's for the computers. (laughs) Computer? He don't know what this is a great podcast means. Right. He just knows that there are five of something Mm -hmm. and not less than five of something and so that's why we need five of something Mm -hmm. we could use five alien butts whoa station this is just (laughs) again they're like how do we get fired i know (laughs) and that they're not firing us ed i don't know what to do chris (laughs) i guess we've got a movie now i as far as i know station was never a slang term for anything uh-uh. And it is pushed throughout the film. And I guess it makes sense when Faith No More's guy yells station because he, maybe he's coming from oh, 19... I did not even realize that. 1992 and 1993 after Bill and Ted and their Bongo and Conga players yeah. station yeah. have already become world famous and now station is a cool thing to yell. Uh, but this is an example of them yeah. trying to grassroots or astroturf slang that never works out. And there is a story behind it. They wrote a scene, probably the scene we see in the movie, that's uh, exterior police station. Yeah. And there's a typo in the script. And so it just said station. And they're like, that's funny. Let's have a guy named station. Okay. That's what we're working with. (laughs) And where I I read that in in Wikipedia, and Wikipedia also made sure to point out that they were drunk at the time. So that explains (laughs) everything we need to know. There's also a great clip that you can see if you go to, there's a guy named uh, Oliver Harper who has for 10 years done these great um, movie reviews and uh, trivia videos on YouTube. He's got one for Bogus Journey and it shows an interview with Alex Winter 
and Keanu Reeves around the time this came out. And Keanu Reeves is like, he's this. Remember, this is a different Keanu Reeves. Uh, he's doing a thing. Like Alex Winter's trying to answer the questions, and Keanu Reeves is like flipping out, and he's like, "Oh, we got Bill and Ted the cereal. Oh, we got Bill and Ted the you know the, the video game. It's all coming out. It's all coming out. Oh no, oh, no!" And he's clearly frustrated with being locked into this. Wow. Maybe thinks wow. that we don't we shouldn't do this, but the press thing. Yeah. Did it anyway. Uh-huh. He's back for Bill and Ted 3. Yes. They face the music. <laughs> Great title. I think it's Great a title. wonderful title. So anyway, um, forget all that, what I said, and give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back in the future to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. And I'm Caliban. And we're the hosts of the Sailor Noob Podcast. I'm the expert. And I'm the noob. You're talking into the wrong end of the microphone. Aye, aye. Okay. Every week we watch a new episode of Sailor Moon and learn about monsters, fashion, food, culture, and of course, the Sailor Warrior of Love and Justice, Sailor Moon. All right. Now, what is her rank? Is she an admiral or a rear admiral? Okay, shh, shh. The ad's almost over. We're a couple of magical people, and every week we moon prison power make up a new episode. Better midships. Study as she goes. Please stop that. Sailor Noob is available every Friday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shiver me timbers. Daddy.